Hello, welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 3, Episode 15 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me. We're in January the 11th to January the 17th, covering Doctrine and Covenants 2 and Joseph Smith History, Chapter 1, verses 27 to 65. Now, again, if I know with this, the Doctrine and Covenants year, we're going to sometimes feel like that there's not a lot of section to get through. And indeed, Doctrine and Covenants 2 is very short. Joseph Smith History, chapter 1, verses 27 to 65, does not sound very long either. However, these verses are huge. And so actually, I'm not sure we're going to get through everything we would like to get through, um, particularly um, the interaction between Charles Anton at the end of the section. But we'll see how we get on with that. Uh, Today, we're focusing on the section, God has a work for me to do, covered in verses 27 to 33, which is a nice short section to look at today. Now, we begin in verse 27, where Joseph uh, explains the fact that he he continues, basically, his life. You know, he's received this vision. He's been told to be be aware that the the church hasn't been restored, so not to to, uh, align himself with any of the churches, but to be prepared. And basically, that's about it. So he goes forward um, and he... Um, explains that um, it was the 21st of September, 1823, when this next event happened. Now, what is interesting uh, about that date is that the 21st of September uh, linked with a number of, um, well, with with a Jewish holiday called Rosh Hashanah, um, which was an important part of the year. It's basically, I think, part of the Jewish New Year. And it was an important time for, for that faith. What is interesting when you look dive into later dates given in church history, a lot of them relate to uh, a, a number of Jewish holidays, um, and I think that that's an, and not not a salvation knowing, a salvation needing to know date or fact, but it is interesting that these dates all link up, and it just shows once again the Lord's hand in everything. Um, but the um, I guess the question is why was Joseph in First of all, why did it take three years for him to be in this reflective state? And also, why was it in on this particular date and this particular time that he records he was thinking about uh, the things we'll talk about in a minute, the the, the foibles of his youth, as it were? Uh, and I suppose when you think about what Joseph Smith did, uh, you know, he was a farmer. He was a farm boy. And so, you know, the, the winter times were the times that he would probably do more of his education in terms of reading and things like that. I mean, we say that Joseph had about three years of formal education, and that is about right. But they weren't three consecutive years, of course. They were being broken up with farming seasons and such. Um, and September, you know, late September was kind of that time where things may have started to be slowing down on the farm. You know, during the spring and the summer, months, they would have been extremely busy. And I suppose this time was a time for reflection uh, for Joseph which is why he was probably thinking about the things that he'd done over the past few years and the, you know, the, the sins he had committed. Now, I say the word sins, you can't see them, but, you know, my fingers are doing inverted commas. We don't know what these errors, these foolish errors he talked about were. Um, but, you know, I think that it was just basically a time, September is a time of transition for Joseph, and that's naturally why he was thinking about this, um, these errors that he had done. He said that he was left to all sorts of temptations um, and mingling with all kinds of society. And he frequently fell into many foolish errors and displayed the weakness of youth and the foibles of human nature. And then he says, which I am sorry to say led me into diverse temptations offensive in the sight of God. 
Now we uh, we know that um, you know there was no malignant sins or huge sins that he had to um, repent of, but it does you know warm our hearts perhaps to know that even Joseph Smith, who was called to be the prophet of the dispensation, he made mistakes, and we know and we read in scriptures that prophets make mistakes, and so I suppose it helps us to know that you know what can we do? Um, we make mistakes just like the prophets, and so we are in a position where we can make change those mistakes and still do great work. In fact, uh, it's that focus of that great work we're going to focus on now. What can we do uh, when we, you know, when maybe when we lose our way for a little while and we know that the Lord has a work for us to do, but we can always come back. And this is what Joseph Smith did. Uh, in verse 29, it says, In consequence of these things, I often felt condemned for my weakness and, and imperfections. When in the, on the evening of the above mentioned 21st of September, after I had retired to my bed for the night, I betook myself to prayer and supplication to Almighty God for the forgiveness of all my sins and follies, and also for a manifestation to me that I might know of my state and standing before him, for I had a full confidence in obtaining a divine manifestation as I previously had one. So there's a few things actually within that which I think are really important for us to recognise as we consider what we can do if we find ourselves after a period of time having lost our way from, you know, the, the work that the Lord has for us. Firstly, prayer, you know, and it often is the answer, prayer and supplication to God. But what we're talking about is not just a routine, you know, um, everyday prayer. We're talking about well, I mean, hopefully every day our prayer is like the one that Joseph gave, but obviously we often fall into the the, uh, the trap of making them too routine and not really having the thought or intent behind our prayers that we should have. Uh, this was a supplication uh, to God, so we need to think about that. Also, he asked for forgiveness, uh, and this is what our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, is repeatedly asking us to do uh, in, in the past couple of years, is to repent. And repent, not being a scary word, but just meaning to change, to call upon God to help us to make that change and to become better in Christ. Um, and then, this is interesting, this, that he might know this, his state and standing before God. Now, this is something which I think it is important to do from time to time. Um, you know, I think that um, it's a scary thing to do at times, particularly when we know that we've, you know, perhaps made some mistakes that we need to remove from our lives. But it's something which, if we have the courage and faith to do, uh, that will that will bless us, and then the last thing that Joseph had was a a full confidence in obtaining a divine manifestation, which I thought was interesting because obviously in our case we haven't had a and then I'm going to use my inverted commas again divine manifestation as Joseph did. However, um, we have many of us I'm sure had manifestations, some of them of a divine nature. Um, you know, I, I've explained a couple of weeks ago my, my, to my testimony of the Book of Mormon and how I prayed about it and received a witness from the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, isn't that a divine manifestation? So, you know, again, I think that we say that Joseph had this divine manifestation uh, and therefore that's why he had so much confidence. He had the first vision. But we have had our own experiences with the spiritual I mean, that's why we're here listening to this podcast. That's why we're part of this church, because at some point we have felt the spirit and that is our divine manifestation. And so I think an important part of our prayer and supplication for answers and revelation, which is sometimes missed, is needing to have full confidence that we will receive a divine manifestation, not an angel coming down to us 
or God the Father and the Son appearing to us personally, but a witness from the Holy Ghost, who, remember, is a member of the Godhead, and having him present and appear in our lives is just as important and powerful as the Saviour or our Heavenly Father, because they are all members of the Godhead. Uh, and I think that's an important thought. Now, Joseph goes into a description of Moroni, and we're not going to have time to go through it in detail, but let's make note of the fact that it was in detail. Verses 30 to 32 is all explanation of how he physically looked. And I suppose the question is, you know, why why do we have that? We don't really have a full detailed description of the father and the son. Perhaps that wasn't appropriate. Perhaps, um, you know, Joseph was just overawed by the fact that he had received this vision that he didn't take in those physical details as such. Um, but with Moroni, we do get a very physical detail of how he looked. And I suppose this may be because Joseph, this wasn't his first experience, let's say. But also, I think it could also relate to the fact that we have on record around about 22 visits from Moroni to Joseph Smith. So he had plenty of opportunity to see how he looked. And this, of course, was, was an account given later on. So over an accumulation of 22 visits, you get to know what someone looks like. And so I suppose that is probably why we have such a detailed description of Moroni. And then in verse 33, this is what I want to focus on. Moroni says, oh, it says, Moroni, he called me by name and said unto me that he was a messenger sent from the presence of God to me and that his name was Moroni, that God had a work for me to do and that my name should be had for good and evil among all nations, kindreds, tongues, or that it should be both good and evil spoken of among all people. We can talk about the good or evil spoken of another day because that is another interesting point as well. But I want to focus on the fact that Moroni said that he had, that God had a work for Joseph. Again, we know he was the prophet of the dispensation, so we might feel like that, that that statement doesn't really relate to us. However, President Russell M. Nelson said, quote, Ask your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ how he feels about you and your mission here on earth. If you ask with real intent, over time the Spirit will whisper the life-changing truth to you. I promise you that when you begin to catch even a glimpse of how your Heavenly Father sees you and what he is counting on you to do for him, your life will never be the same. Close quote. From a prophet of God, we have been promised that we can receive a witness of the work that we have to do on this earth. It may well not be to lead a dispensation. In fact, it won't be to lead a dispensation because the last dispensation has now been brought to the earth. But we have work to do. The Lord has a work in mind for us, every single one of us. Um, and we are invited to pray and ask about it by a prophet of God. And we can learn from this experience that, you know, if, if we follow the principles that Joseph did once again, we can receive an answer. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please do continue to follow the podcast, review and subscribe to it. Join the Facebook group. And you can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested uh, in sharing your thoughts and what, you've, and what you've been studying. Thank you for your time. And until we meet again.